0: hey sean hello do you have a raincoat
1: uh no i have like a windbreaker jacket
0: do you know what a raincoat is good for
1: repelling rain
0: exactly i bought a new raincoat
1: does now, it rain a lot in bora canora
0: <laughs> it does now here's the thing the last time that we had a significant downfall of rain was probably about I don't know, I want to say like a month ago or so. Exactly one day after I purchased uh, a really, really nice raincoat from Costco on clearance. uh, I ordered online, right? The day after we had torrential downpour (laughs) and I did not have my raincoat because it was in transit.
1: No, why didn't you Just... just go to like a Walmart and buy one?
0: Well, because this is like a a regular price, like $150 raincoat. I got it for $30.
1: Wow, that is some good value.
0: That is. Now, here's the problem, though. The forecast for the next, like, two weeks is, like, 30 degrees and sunny.
1: Wow, that is uh, is wild. Uh,
0: (laughs) It is (laughs) wild. You know what else is uh, forecasted for 30 degrees and a good time?
1: This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey,
0: whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video
1: game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to this exciting episode of the Scene on Screen podcast, where David and I will argue, complain, laugh, and maybe cry about all things gaming, entertainment, and our cars. David, how are you?
0: <laughs> oh, you just have to mention the cars right off the bat. Uh,
1: I, I'm, I, I've, I've got a story for you, just <laughs> jovial hilarity at its finest. So, all
0: right. lay it on me.
1: Remember how I messaged you the other day being like, hey, man, I got a ticket. I got a speeding ticket from a robot.
0: Mm-hmm. And we like, like kind of went back and f- like a speed trap robot
1: thing, right? Yeah. Like a speed trap robot in a school zone. Now, excuse my ignorance,
0: folks. Sean's just admitted to speeding in the school zone.
1: I did. <laughs> in the middle of July when there is no school. Did they get Excuse rid my... of the
0: school? Did they get rid of the school? Is the no, building no, still there? No, but I
1: did I did some research, and apparently you could argue it. Um, but then you run the risk of, like, appearing in court and all this other stuff. But I get this ticket for, like, 40 bucks. And I was like, I'll just pay it. Whatever. Sure. Cool. Krista comes home today and goes, hey, there was a present for you in the mailbox. I was like, what was it? She's like, oh, I already opened it. It's like, you opened my mail?
0: What the hell? That's that's illegal.
1: Yeah, it was. (laughs) It's fine. I don't care.
0: Call call the cops. Just because you're married doesn't mean that she has the right to open your mail.
1: Anyways, (laughs) you remember the day before the wedding where you and I were rushing to get someplace to pick up a trailer?
0: Oh yeah, your guess who blew?
1: Get guess who blew through that school (laughs) zone a second time? You did. Double the speed limit. You got,
0: oh my God. So you got two <laughs> tickets for the same within, school?
1: Within two days.
0: Oh my God. So.
1: <laughs> That's why and, when uh, Chris heard you yell you... hello and she's like, oh, he's like, there's the Bonnie to your Clyde. Yeah. Because okay. you were in the car. <laughs> really? Is there a picture? No, but it, oh. we were able to figure out based on the time That's why so we were there. That's Yeah, so it was. Funny. It was like two hours before the rehearsal, or maybe three. We went to go get the trailer.
0: So safe to say you're not going to fight that then, huh?
1: No, I can't fight that one. Not at all.
0: (laughs) So you were going double the speed limit?
1: Yeah, I was doing 60 in a 30, but I thought...
0: school zones are 30 there?
1: Yes, but I thought... And the way the signage looks, I honestly... And honest to goodness, and now I know, I thought that that was only when school is in session and i still did some research um after the first ticket and like th- there are parameters in which you can fight but you have to be like you have to like contact the school board find out what the the school zone times are which is like an hour before and an hour after last bell type of thing mm-hmm. and like that's an awful lot of work to fight a, a 40 ticket well now it's $80 i can't ticket no it was a lot of it oh was... yeah
0: because it's based off of the speed over the speed limit, right
1: yeah So (laughs) it was, it was an expensive day, but at the end of the day, I learned a lesson and everybody now, this is an educational point for you to know as well. If it's summer school zones still exist, which (laughs) makes absolutely (laughs) no sense. No, the school's still there. Yeah. The school's still there,
0: but our children in the school, no, there could be a summer program going on.
1: Do you know how, much, how many times I drive by that school? I know. I know. Well, no, you
0: don't because you're speeding past it.
1: <laughs> I, said this, I said this earlier too. I was like, because we changed the way I drive um, like to other things because we don't like going down that road anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm never going down that road again. I will find other ways to the highway. Yeah. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? While your car was uh, getting a ticket, my car was getting a little bit of loving. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the other day, I'm leaving work and mind you, so I park in a parkade area. It's attached to my building. Uh, it is a gated entry, but where I live, there is a significant homeless problem. Well like I I wouldn't say it's any worse than any other city in in Ontario or Canada or United States necessarily, but the the thing is is because where I live, it's such a small town that our homeless population is confined to a smaller area. So you just notice it more, right? So anyways, it was pouring rain. Uh, this is uh, again, the day that I did not have my uh, raincoat. It's pouring rain. I'm leaving work and there is an abundance of homeless people hanging out in this, the entrance to this parkade, whatever, it's a normal thing. So I'm walking up to my car and I see two people, standing right behind it and i'm like oh my god like what are these people doing uh pants around the ankles and no
1: way
0: (laughs) they were literally using my car as a lean-to for their peen to and (laughs) and i literally was like are you fucking kidding me i was like guys go do that somewhere else and they were very polite and apologetic and I think I picked, I got there like just before they started because it didn't really look like much was going on. They were kind of fumbling and they're like, sorry, sorry, we're just really horny. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like literally go find anywhere else to do it. And as I'm putting my bag in the car, the girl's like, oh, is this your car? And the guy looks at her <laughs> as, like with this like dumbfounded look on his face being like, "Uh, yeah, he's getting into it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God.
1: That's so, so funny.
0: So yeah, I I don't know if I need to like disinfect the car or, or what. Luckily it was raining. So anything that may have, may or may not be on it, I think uh, is off. But I don't know. I, I don't feel safe there. I feel like my car was violated. Dude, I feel violated for your car. <laughs> it was like That's... weird just like driving it. I'm like, man, like that happened. Like I know I'm in a safe space now <laughs> but yeah that was really unexpected and you know what's really disappointing though is that i pay like 50 bucks a month for parking in there and like there's like pretty much zero security
1: you have to pay for parking at your office
0: well because it's owned by the city like the building is separate right like the building has its own building management and stuff like that so there's a company that owns or the building management that owns the building is based out of Winnipeg, but then the city owns the parkade there. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's stupid. That's so oh, well. funny. I know. Well, so uh, on to other things, I guess, huh?
0: Speeding, speeding tickets, and I don't know what, what you would call that.
1: Car fornication.
0: What's uh, uh, what's the uh, meatloaf song?
1: I would do anything for love, but I wouldn't do that.
0: No, no, bad no, out of hell. Uh, no uh something by the dashboard lights
1: paradise by the dashboard
0: paradise by the dashboard lights anyways what are we going to talk about today
1: um some other adventures we've been on because you know we've uh we've been telling people that we're going to do things not only on the screen but off the screen as long as they're game related and i went to some escape rooms now
0: that's like i'm not that's like an escape room was like a board game in real life
1: it is it is um especially if they work well now i've been to some in the past that have been really well done like they've been kind of spooky but like the puzzles make a lot of sense and they're well maintained Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we went with some friends to uh an escape room and uh, let me let me kind of walk you through the night so we did uh a plane crash simulation so we uh-huh. were stuck in a plane crash now to describe the room like and i don't want to give away the puzzles but to describe okay. the room there's like a crate in the middle and there's some locks around that you have to find keys and there's clearly a panel that you have to go through a wall like mm-hmm. it's fairly evident that you you see that and you have to go towards it mm-hmm. but if your intellect level is high enough you can skip like the first five clues by accident because you can guess at a clue because you're like fiddling around, you're trying to find all this stuff and you like, you can get into a toolbox, which gets you into another thing, which gets you a passcode.
0: Gotcha. So we'll
1: leave it at that. So um we're kind of like going through this and we skipped a bunch of clues, which we thought was okay. But the way the next part of the room was, you couldn't see what, like they had a piece of paper in laminate face down underneath a lock box inside a radio that you had to figure out how to open. And we didn't ever see the paper compass inside the lock box or underneath the lock box, because it was so dark you couldn't actually see it. And the oh, light yeah. in there didn't work really well. So we never could figure out the combination to the lock at the end to, uh, to get to the second last clue to get us out.
0: How many people Here's were in the puzzle with you? Four. Okay. And
1: nobody, like, we didn't see it. We just, mm-hmm. very hard to see. Mm-hmm. We figured out all, like, the, the, the puzzle on the map in the back, and we found all these other little things. And then it had one of these stupid, you know those padlocks that are directional? So you, like, Oh, it's like a the circle. up, down,
0: left, right kind of thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The guy who was running the escape room couldn't unlock that lock.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. So we lost that one. And my record with that group of people was, uh, I now believe it is two and two. So we've won two and we've lost two. Interesting. So we're sitting there. We're like, oh, my God, there's a restaurant here. We should go for dinner. And we're sitting there. We're like, do you guys want to do another one? It was only an hour. They're not overly expensive. Let's just make a night of it. So we have the choice. We can do an Indiana Jones kind of one or we can do a wizard one. And the Harry Potter fans pick the wizard one.
0: Of course, because they're basic like that.
1: Yeah. Now, to precursor this, if you guys listen to the podcast and you're from the area, you've already figured out where this is. I'm not going to give you guys the answers, but I'm just going to talk about it.
0: It's Palisade Social Bowl,
1: isn't it? Totally. So anyways. Really? No, I'm not going to. I will never reveal. Anyways. (laughs) Um. So the one thing that the guy said, cause he was watching us, he's like, you guys all touch this clock and the clock flipped up. I was like, no fucking way. Like I touched it. I tried to move it. It didn't move, but I guess I didn't like grip it in the right way. Now that's not a spoiler. That literally gets you the very first clue. And we skip the verse like five clues because mm-hmm. of intellect. So what does my group do in the next one? They grab everything and put it on the table. <laughs> right away so we have no idea what order anything is in because everybody's just picked up moved things done all these things and one of the things that we moved open like the fireplace to get into the next room which was a really cool thing but this is where quality is a problem so like the last escape room there were just things in the escape room that had nothing to do with anything they were just there like two airplane chairs like there was you didn't move them you didn't do anything but you like shake them and like Mm -hmm. crates they have nothing to do with anything in this fucking one this one had a bunch of stuff that did nothing just nothing and there's like like there was like this tiny little magnet attached to the sword and i was like oh this could be something and then i tried to take apart the sword because it was wiggly and i spent probably 10 minutes doing that it wasn't a lot of the puzzles, again, you could use intellect to kind of figure out like a maze. There was like a bunch of beeps in it. And once you figured out the sequence, something would open or close. But they had this magnet map in there to help you solve the puzzle of the maze. And myself and one of the girls I was with, we put it down on the floor because we're like, there's no point setting it up on the, up on the, here. It's kind of dark. And we could like lay it all out to try and figure out what the, the picture was. But it was, a square puzzle and all the pieces were triangular and most of the corners were ripped off. So trying to figure this out made no sense whatsoever.
0: Now, like, was it, were they ripped off because when they were designing, they're like, yeah, this is going to make it look more rustic or just because people have been assholes and, and damaged it.
1: People were being assholes and damaged it. So, there's a puzzle later on on the other side of that room where you have to use a golf ball and you have to like figure out what order you drop the golf ball down these holes to like trigger a lock. Okay. Okay. Which gives you like the final thing you need. Mm -hmm. Um, The golf ball would get stuck in the bottom and your fingers couldn't pull it out. So I was like, I was like, we're wasting a bunch of time. So I took one of the magnet pieces and shoved it in there to create a ramp. So the ball would always get stuck (laughs) in the hole and it would pull out so dumb unbelievably dumb plus like half of the mechanical pieces didn't work properly in these escape rooms which was really unfortunate
0: it sounds like it needs a lot of
1: it needs to be repairs right it needs to be closed yeah
0: it needs to be updated and repaired now it's interesting because i've been to a few i've been to a, a bunch of escape rooms i've been to some that were like meh weren't the greatest but for the most part the ones that i've being too recently. And by recently, I mean like over a year ago before I moved. But, anyways, um, they were pretty good in the sense that everything kind of worked. Now, there was one though that we were doing, and it was uh, I think it was called like under pressure. And essentially you're supposed to be in this like submarine and it's sinking, and you have like the time limits to solve the puzzle so that you can like re-engage like the some like the engine and, and get back to the surface or whatever. Yep. So there's one puzzle that required you to look at a pressure valve on a wall and it was like attached to some pipes and stuff like that. And the puzzle was that in order to unlock something else, you needed a number on the pressure gauge. And so we're looking at this pressure gauge and trying to figure this out and all this stuff. And, and, uh, we're like, well, the number is zero because the, the valve is, or the, the needle is, like, there's no pressure through here. So kept getting stuck, getting stuck. And we got some free hints, which is convenient. But the, th- the thing is, is that the, the hint said, oh, like the number that you're looking for is on the pressure valve. Okay, well, we thought so, but it's at zero and it's not working. And then we get another hint. It says, the needle isn't at zero. So the needle was below zero.
1: But you couldn't figure it out because it was broken?
0: Because we thought it was broken. We just thought that it was like there's no pressure, so it was at zero. So that one was like really stupid because it's like this looks just like it's a, a mechanical failure of this device. But that's part of the puzzle. Like it was just that seemed kind of unfair because we wasted so much time just on that one little thing. But um, yeah, like for the most part, the ones that I've been to have been in pretty good, pretty good condition. Now, granted the place was fairly new or not like not super new, but I guess they, they kept it updated fairly regularly. Um, I think one of the last ones that we did, there was the Scooby-Doo one. It was so easy, (laughs) but it was kind of funny because like, It was actually Scooby Doo branded, so they had like the intro video and stuff like that was uh, was uh, Shaggy explain (laughs) like everything and all the stuff. Like (laughs) yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, But for the most part, like from my experience, escape rooms aren't like overly too like they shouldn't be too difficult depending on the number of people and how (sighs) if people can think kind of outside the box right? Like if if you can look at two things and be like, you know what? I'm just going to smash these together and see how they work. I feel like you have a better chance at getting through an escape room than some people need that need structure and like a set puzzle that's in there, right?
1: Uh, agreed. That's why I do well in them because I just over, like I, I try to look many moves ahead, kind of like when we do meeples, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't tell you the best part of this stupid second one. Okay. When I'll let I'll let you listeners decide. So we are saying win by asterisks. Here's why, with like eleven minutes left. Maybe maybe a little bit more. I would actually say closer to fifteen minutes left. We get this cryptex. You know, like uh, it's it's a lock, but you have to spell a word. It's a long yeah, tube.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you have to like disengage a pin. So we figure out the puzzle pretty quickly because the cryptex is definitely related to a spell that you're given at the very beginning. So you like you go to this potion thing that you've unlocked because of another thing that you've done and we're like rattling it off. We figure out the word. We can't get this locked unlock at all. The guy comes in cuz we obviously lose. We're like is this the word? He's like yes. i like can you show us how to use this lock? He goes yes doesn't hit take him 10 minutes to get it unlocked we're like well this is a great experience i was like so what was left after that he's like oh you just get a magnet that unlocks the last box you get the the amulet and you win i like we all looked at each other we're like we won (laughs) like no doubt of our in our mind we knew we knew the word with like 15 minutes left and we tried to use this damn lock and we couldn't get it to go
0: yeah i i'm gonna say that that counts as a win
1: yeah it's an asterisk win but it's still a win so we are now three and two as a group which is good i think we won more than we lost but if if it was less than five minutes i'd probably say we lost because you know what maybe we had the word wrong but the guy even told us we had the word right and the lock was finicky
0: I would say, yeah, because like five minutes, really, like you get your last thing, and then you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, and everyone gets like starts panicking, like in rushing, and then sometimes you can just forget where it's supposed to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for uh, validating our win. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> What's next? I uh, I seem to recall you posting something really cool on our growing Instagram.
0: Uh, I know it's. It's uh, pretty exciting
1: because
0: okay, but but in all seriousness, I have, I know that I've mentioned this in the past, that uh, one of the things that I want to do is print my own droids. And the other day I was, uh, the other weekend, I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs and I was like, you know what? Right now is the time that I'm going to start. (laughs) And so I did, I, I, I'm starting off by printing a pit droid, and oh my god, you know, it's like one of these things where you kind of think about it, and once you actually start doing it, and it's this is way better than I than I expected, and I am learning a lot about like post, like po, not post production, but uh, post processing, three D prints and stuff like that, because for the most part, things that I printed have either been like small like trinkets, board game accessories, some sweet seen on screen podcast branded key tags. Those Wait, are catch. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the first significantly large object that is detailed enough that it's going to be a showpiece. Um, so for anyone that saw our Instagram post, uh, or I guess it was just a story, a story? No, I did post a, a picture. That's
1: right. It. We are giving away these droid <laughs> legs. <laughs>
0: no, we're not. No, we're not. You can. Oh, we'll we'll give out some printed pictures of this stuff. Um, the 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 size of this thing. It's one of those things that it's not massive. It's a it's a pit droid. You know the ones that from Star Wars episode one and from the Mandalorian and all that stuff you don't realize how big something is. Cause until you actually started like have it there. So the feet or the legs themselves in its entirety is probably about 60 or like, yeah, 60 to 70 centimeters tall. I don't know what that is in inches for American listeners. Uh,
1: <laughs> you say that, but all my measurements, I'm like inches, inches, inches. Well, see, the inches. thing is,
0: is um, for 3d printing, it's all in metric. So, when you're doing 3D designing um, or like slicing, it's called when you're getting it, to, uh, setting it up to print, everything is actually in metric. So, for Canadians, um, it's uh, it's actually really easy to do that. But anyway, so it's about, uh, hold on, 70 centimeters. I'm just doing some quick conversions. So, it's about 27 and a half inches tall. Uh, okay. And then that's just the legs. Cause then there's the rest of the like the body and then the head. So this thing's going to be pretty hefty. I learned that wood filler is really good for filling in like divots and and rough spots on a three D print.
1: What, like the powder or the paste?
0: No, like the paste stuff. You just kind of like rub it in. There's nice. powdered wood filler.
1: I believe so, but then you still have to paste it over top.
0: Oh, yeah, you still have to like mix it with water or something. Yeah, so it's funny because I just had some wood filler lying around my house because I think I bought out two bottles off Amazon for like a dollar. I'm like, yeah, maybe one day I'll need this. Turns out that that day came sooner than later. So I'm like super excited for this. Uh, I'm going to be posting pictures and some videos as we go along. And you know what? I think we need to turn this into a slight contest And we need to name the pit droid. And whoever, like (laughs) like we could have a contest and whoever, uh, you know, have our listeners give suggestions for what our pit droid will be named the official scene on screen podcast mascot for the time being the pit droid. Um, yeah. And maybe the winner will get some sweet swag. We got some stickers. We got some key tags.
1: You should print for the winner an MSC six.
0: MSC six.
1: The mouse droids.
0: Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, I have a uh, a design, a special limited edition design of a. I think it's like a one twelfth scale model of a Gonk droid. So maybe th- maybe that would be uh be worth it, but
1: still waiting for somebody to print me a BD one
0: uh that is on the list maybe when that happens i will print two, and we could have uh they could be siblings can we put little
1: like walkie talkies in them that are like long distance like those ones <laughs> that you can find on the internet
0: like cb radios
1: no no so there's like um you can get them for like teddy bears and stuff if you're like away from your kid or something and you'd be like i love you but in this case it'd be like bd1 over to bd1 over <laughs>
0: Baby to Marge, baby to Marge. <laughs> yeah, um, so after this, this is this one was a a small enough project that I'll be able to like it's not gonna take me forever to do, right?
1: Um, but So what's what's costing the, you more? Resources as in electricity or filament and paint and hardware?
0: Uh, you know, honestly, probably the most expensive thing is gonna be hardware, like screws and bolts and stuff like that, because the ones that they use, you know, like the Ikea ones where it's got like the, uh, the sleeve and it screws into that. Yeah. It needs a bunch of those. And in Canada, it's quite difficult to find that stuff. I can buy like some of these things from like home hardware, but it's like $6 for two. And I need like,
1: why why don't you just follow what you just said, go to Ikea and buy the hardware kit. Uh,
0: because I need like specific sizes. I, I did think about doing that. Um, but I need specific lengths and sizes, like in diameters and stuff like that. So it might be an option. Like if there's some specific ones that I can get from IKEA, I'm definitely going to do that. But for the most part, it's, it's I just have to find someone else in the uh, Droid pre- printing community that has uh, purchased them in Canada. I did post on the Facebook group, and I didn't get any responses. Just got a bunch of people that liked the post. And I'm like, this doesn't this isn't helping me at all. But uh, I'm not sure if the next one's going to be BD-1 um, or if it's going to be a battle droid. The battle droids are like nine feet tall. Um, But it's going to be expensive. But at the same time, the filament that I bought, like I have probably about 30 plus rolls of like white and gray filament that I bought specifically for doing these because I'm going to paint them anyway. So the color doesn't really matter. And I think uh, the sale price that I got them at was about 12 dollars each which isn't too bad bad. because uh i think right now with the legs and i've had a few failed prints and i've had to reprint a few parts and stuff like that um which is all part of the journey um i'm only at about one and a half rolls of filament which is not bad so if the total cost of filament is going to be under 30 bucks um paint might be one or two cans of spray paint just to give it because if i'm if i play my cards right i'm gonna find i I can find the a spray paint color that i want like the main color to be and i want to be kind of like a tan like kind of yeah like sandy color um so because i want to make them look more like the episode one droids on Tatooine, right uh and then i just have to do some minor touch-ups and just kind of uh, weathering from different areas. So it's, uh it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm hoping that um, I can get this one finished in the next, uh, like by mid September, because uh, spray painting inside the house is not a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, not really. The only thing you do is you can build yourself a spray paint box, Yeah, but if you're lucky, you can go to like a, a local hardware store or somebody someplace that has like a washer or dryer box that you can like, put a small fan in mm-hmm. and then you could just vent it there. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty easy DIY to do. Um, yeah. You can just vent I, it out a window or whatever.
0: I've seen some of those, but it's just like, that's a whole other project that I have to build and stuff like that. But the, uh the, the next thing though, I think before I really tackle the, the battle droid is uh, I'm going to need to buy a bigger printer so I can print parts in its entirety without having to worry about like, printing them in like half and then gluing them together and then finishing them and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. But BD one is on my, uh, my project list. Now BD one though, you can buy these led kits like these electronic kits so that it actually lights up like the back of its head, like in the games.
1: Yeah. I saw, I think it's the Lego BD one which I'm also looking at because I've got a, I've got a bunch of Lego points that expire soon, but oh, yeah. in the side of his head, there's a little door and the cartridge comes out from oh, nice. the game, which is kind of cool. Oh, like a cool. little, yeah. The what are they called thing? The, yeah. The which back, is, the, it's really the back
0: to cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I so,
1: think, so it's not bad.
0: I'm, th- I'm thinking that I'm going to buy uh, those electronic kits and do a little bit more detailed work on uh on bd1 and you know what maybe if you're lucky i'll, I'll make one for you too
1: the the package you're going to send me is going to be huge it's going to have like <laughs> that it's going to have a board game it's going to have a bunch of stuff and i got to ship a bunch of stuff to you actually very soon so i'm going to do that as well
0: why what do you gonna ship to me
1: i got stuff for you
0: oh nice speaking of board games
1: yeah you had a interesting experience the other day did you not
0: Yeah, but let's talk about yours first because it's been a while since you've played this game, but remind our listeners, or I guess I'll tell them, Sean, after the wedding, was uh, itching to play a board game. I was. Itching to play a game called Terraforming Mars, so much to the extent that he convinced his wife to let him go and buy it, and then they went to play it. So, so that's not
1: exactly how it went <laughs> down cuz she wanted to play the game too. We were we were trying to find a new game to play and we heard a lot of really good things about Terraforming Mars and that was the game that we picked.
0: So So you picked up Terraforming Mars, right? Yep. Just the base game or did you get like uh, Just the experience? base game. We okay.
1: we asked about trying to find a deluxe And unfortunately, unless you could get a hold of the Kickstarter version, not the the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo version or an Etsy version, you couldn't um, find them anymore. We looked online on Amazon for a big box, but we we didn't want to invest that much into a game right away, not knowing if we would like it or not.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Which was also kind of troublesome. Um, We have decided that if we can get our hands on a big box, we'll sell the current one that we have
0: well uh, don't do that because in... the the big box itself if you were to buy it just as it was on the kickstarter um did not include the base game it was actually so... just a storage solution with the 3d tr- with the 3d um, components like okay the so yeah, the one so... we did
1: find had the base game and that but it was through etsy Oh, so someone "Hmm." is
0: probably just selling their their own. Now, what you really want to look at, if you don't want to buy all of the expansions, because that's the thing, is, like the big box was designed to hold all of the expansions for the game. What you want to find is the small box, and it is literally that. It's just a smaller box that I I don't know if the base game fits in it, but I do know that it just includes the 3D tiles. So they they did release that. I don't know if you can order that directly from them or whatnot, but uh, yeah, that's what you want. I have the big box with the 3D tiles, but I also have all the expansions and everything like that, and it does take up quite a bit of space. Um, So anyways, tell me me about your experience playing Terraforming Mars.
1: It's probably one of the most well-thought-out games mechanically. Going. If I were to go back to our Meeple days, the one thing we always talked about was how game mechanics in longer played games could get a little fuzzy and it has to be kind of like the game has to make sense. And like mm-hmm. when you're playing games like Everdell, which you know has a, actually Everdell's is a great example um, of that type of game where your, your turns kind of run out and then once you're out of turns, you're at a turns or out of moves yeah. for your turn mm-hmm. the thing that i appreciate about uh, appreciate about terraforming mars is unless you say the word pass your turn is infinite
0: <laughs> yeah um, you can keep the game going forever
1: yeah and the the thing that really limits you in earlier rounds is your resources because you're limited to um like we're playing basic corporation right now which is i think you get like 26 credits to start the game or something
0: something like that yeah
1: so, so you don't get a lot um, for those at home who have not played Terraforming Mars, there's two ways to start the game. You can start in either a basic um, game mode where everybody has a basic corporation, or you can play in advanced corporations where everybody who plays has an advantage. Now, the base or the well, it idea wouldn't of necessarily the game... be
0: it, it wouldn't necessarily be an advantage, but you, each corporation has their different strengths and weaknesses. They all start with something different. It's like someone yeah. starting as like Amazon and someone starting as Tesla, right? Whereas... One is good with space travel, whereas the other one's good with land stuff, for example. So
1: that's where I was going to go first. To give you a brief synopsis of the game, um, Terraforming Mars is simply put as a game in which you are working for a cor- uh, corporation trying to essentially terraform Mars or make it habitable. Now, there are three game components that are key to advancing parts of the game, not all parts of the game. However, Once these three uh, key components are met into their entirety, the game then ends at the end of that turn or that round. So you have to put nine lakes into play. Um, You have to have the oxygen level up to, I want to say it's like plus 14 plus, I can't remember off the top of my head. And you have to get the temperature up to a livable temperature on the planet. Once those three criteria are met, the game is over. The cool thing about this game is you have to make all your decisions in one or two moves every round. So if it's my turn, I get to either make one play or two plays, and then it goes to the next person. If I only complete one, I can say that's all for now, and then it goes on to the next person. But if I say pass, I don't get any more turns for that round. And when you're making uh, decisions for your turns, the one thing that I did kind of appreciate about this game is you can make decisions based on what your opponents do. While you're all working together to make Mars habitable, Mm -hmm. you're also trying to beat the other corporations. And maybe, just maybe, David makes a move that raises the temperature by one. And I'm sitting on a bunch of temperature resources, and I go, oh my God, David did that. If it gets around again, I could raise the temperature by one, but then I also get a bonus, which gives me a victory point. And just, it's all these little things. Like you, you play chicken with people at the table. Everybody's resources are available to you. You can see them all on their, their, their resource card. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal experience so far. Yeah. And and, and the thing is, it's not, yeah,
0: it's not too difficult to learn either. Like it looks like it's a daunting game, right? Like there's a lot of components, not, not a whole lot, but like, there's a lot of cards and stuff like that. And, and it's one of those things that you spend 20 minutes kind of going through the instruction manual as you're playing, and then the game just flows. You just know what you're doing and stuff like that. Uh, there is a phenomenal digital version of the board game as well on Steam. I think it's on on mobile, and it might be on Switch as well. I'm not too sure, but uh, great game to play. I'm really happy you enjoyed it. But you know what you could have played instead of buying Terraforming Mars? another space game galaxy trucker
1: nope that game will forever <laughs> stay in its box
0: yeah uh so on a scale of one to ten where would you put uh where would you put terraforming mars on your uh or on a scale of one to uh lords of Waterdeep?
1: <laughs> oh
0: where would you put terraforming mars
1: that's not fair because that game has my heart that that game to me is perfect.
0: Yeah, it's it is. I still think we need to make our own version of uh Lords of Waterdeep.
1: Lords of like Coruscant or something? Lords,
0: Lords of Coruscant, yeah.
1: Um, that would be really good if you were using like some of the crime families yeah, in right? Star Wars. Yeah. Um Okay, so replayability, I will give it a solid nine out of ten. I'm not bored of it yet. Uh, and the nice thing learning
0: well, the hold on the nice thing about the replayability is that once you get bored of the base game there are a lot of expansions that add new gameplay mechanics new corporations and new cards that do liven the game up quite a bit afterwards
1: yeah um it, it's got replayability like betrayal right now like words lords of water you have to take a break from every once in a while because it's the same game mm-hmm it's just how are you going to, like, if you're playing with the same people multiple times, it's how are you going to outsmart your opponents in a different way? Or how are you going to take advantage of Owen while you're yeah. playing? <laughs> On yeah. the flip side, it's a harder game. Like, it's a good game to start. Like, okay. Difficulty wise, I'd probably put it at about a seven. Now, I know you said it's an easy game to learn, but you still have to reference the cards throughout every game you still have to like there are some things that i still don't understand um as it like jupiter right like we for two full games thought there was a jupiter card that had to be played no <laughs> that wasn't the case we just never purchased anything that had jupiter involved with Gotcha. It. yeah so we just thought they were kind of useless we're like oh this doesn't make any sense um Also, if you are like me and you like to learn a game by watching somebody else play it on the internet first or like a how to play, a 30 minute video is a little daunting. It's a little intimidating.
0: That's true.
1: Like we were very close to buying a different game as well. It was like a civilization game, but I can't remember what game we were looking at.
0: Yeah, Civilization.
1: No, it was like Civilization uh tapestry yes it was tapestry thank you so we were we were looking at that game as well and i picked up also Gloomhaven. and you're like we'll just play it on the computer yeah i was like okay i, I, I would
0: not recommend playing, <laughs> picking up gloomhaven
1: so i only looked at gloomhaven because i wanted all the figurines and i saw a video and i thought that was cool but i also have no room for that so that was a smart piece of advice from david mm-hmm. with that being said Overall, fun factor out of five, I'd give it a four and a half. It's a really fun game. It's, it's, it does kind of get a little personal if you're playing against people who take games personally or you, they feel like they're being attacked. But that's kind of the f- whole fun of board games, right? Like it's, it's a good game. On the scale of that to Waterdeep, I would still, if I had the choice between the two games, I would pick Waterdeep. I just like nice. it more. Nice.
0: Um, on a scale of one to absolutely phenomenal customer service, I had a recent experience with a uh, board game company who, oh. you know, what actually had some struggles recently and then came out on top. <laughs> so, this company called uh, Dia Games—they are from, I think, the Czech Republic. They're European. They came out with a. Uh, a Kickstarter for a game called Euthia: uh, Torment of Resurrection. It is a massive story-driven uh, like open-world RPG board game that I backed in. Let me take a look. When was this? When did I back this game? Um, on, I just got to scroll down my list of Kickstarters. It's been a while uh there we are back in 2022 no wait that's this year
1: (laughs) oh my goodness i
0: don't know this was like two years ago so anyway so this company released this game um i got a phenomenal value with this i got so much stuff with this game metal coins like trays of miniatures you know cloth bags like this game the quality of this game was phenomenal they released or they started a uh, expansion uh kickstarter not too long ago i want to say maybe like six months ago but with the cost of productions and everything rising they actually lost a lot of money um, making their first game because it was just like so big so ambitious and stuff like that uh, two years ago, June 2nd, 2020 was when uh, the first one came out. So two years ago. And I got the game at the end of 2021. Or sorry, just beginning of 2022, right? So it's been a while. It's been about eight months since I got the game. And uh, so anyway, so they released or they started the the campaign for a pretty much a full-blown expansion that was like the same size as the main original game but they ran into some money troubles with essentially the the money that they lost from the other one the production cost of things recently over the last few years have kind of gone through the roof including shipping and all that stuff so they actually had to shut it down and the company itself was like on the verge of dissolving which was really upsetting so fast forward to a few months later and this little known company called steam forge games kind of partnered with, with uh dia games to now they're the publishers for, uh, for this game. Now steam forge games made like a bunch of stuff like the resident evil board games, monster hunter board games, bard song, Resident Evil so they've made 3, a lot of good stuff, a ton of stuff. So, like, they have, they know how to make board games. They know the the process, and they actually have the capital to support productions of like big, high quality games. So they posted the, or, or they they ran a campaign for the expansion and a whole bunch of the other stuff. I backed that as well. Um, and the other day, I was going through. The game that i had like the original and i was just like taking everything out just admiring some of the stuff again and i noticed that i was missing one die so each character that you're playing has two colored die specific to that that character um so it was like two black two red two green two white two blue or whatever i noticed that i only had one white die and these die were the like special edition ones that they had so this was part of like the collector's pack that i that i got i'm like oh crap like this sucks like i'm missing one of these die it's not the end of the world but you know it's unfortunate right but also i should have noticed this eight months ago when i when i got the game originally but i did naturally so anyway so i contacted their support through kickstarter to send them a message saying hey like i know this is a, a long shot i was just going through the game uh and i noticed that i'm missing the special white die for this one character i didn't notice it before because i'd never played that character before so it wasn't really something that i really looked at um i said like is there any chance that you might have a replacement or that i can buy or whatnot and, and have you sent to me so they said okay well like email us or email our support with like your and with everything and we'll see what we can do. So I emailed them and, uh, and I expect, you know, bad news because it's been so long and they've, you know, dealt with a lot of replacements and with the company itself kind of almost falling apart. I didn't, wasn't expecting much. So they said they're going to take a look. And about two days later, I get a message saying they found <laughs> some extra dye in their European warehouse. in in the Czech Republic or whatever, and that they're going to send it to me. Sweet. So here I'm thinking that they're just sending this, like, little tiny die in an envelope. No, I get a notification that UPS, like, there's a delivery coming. It showed up on my front door less than a week after it was shipped from the Czech Republic. Is it so the Czech Republic, or is it just Czech? Czech? Is it? I don't know. Anyways, from there... And not only did they send me the single white die that I needed, they included two packs of like uh, of like component trays, like the the vacuum formed trays for things. And I and I don't need them for that game because I have enough that came with it. But I can use them for literally anything else, which is sweet. So, you know, kudos to Die Games after going through everything that they did. Uh, still being able to support some of like their old games and the, the speed of which they replaced a missing part for something that you know they didn't have to really like I, I wasn't expecting much because they're they're not like a huge company right uh, you know I'm I've had no qualms against supporting this and I'm so happy that uh, they're their i guess their uh, expansion was successful they raised over 1.5 million pounds whatever that is, is in canadian dollars 2.487 million dollars <laughs> for this sequel that's a lot of money like it's crazy now in comparison to another company that is like like that's massive uh come on games are cool mini or not c-o-m-o-n cool mini or not they made a ton of games um like zombie side is probably one that you might recognize um the the name of and a whole bunch of stuff i backed uh, a game from them called cthulhu death may die uh years ago it was one of the first things that i backed on kickstarter Uh, and the box the main box was actually crushed in shipping so i contacted them for a replacement see if they could Right. Like it was just one of these things. Like, I know it's it's a fairly large component. Let's see if it works. They ended up saying that, yeah, we'll send you a new box, but it took them like eight months to send me that. It was ridiculous. So again, kudos to uh huge thank you to uh Dia Games. Um I think actually you know what you might like this game. I think there is a digital version on uh Tabletopia and uh Tabletop Simulator. We should uh we should dive into that some point as well as uh into Gloomhaven.
1: I'm 150 million percent down. Sweet. But Gloomhaven I'm kind of disappointed cuz I won't get to play with the figurines.
0: That's all right. Tomato, so potato. The, the the thing with Gloomhaven though is that a lot of like the the miniatures um, you're supposed to keep them all hidden until you unlock them in the game so it's not like a game no, where like they're thing. all there they they're in their own little boxes like their little tuck boxes um, in in the box and yeah so there's six starters that you can pick from and then you play through those and then they eventually retire as part of the game and you unlock different ones and so it's a cool mechanic but yeah you know what there's um there's miniatures in there that I've never seen, and I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> the game is just that still big. still in the box. Yeah, yeah. My copy of Gloomhaven weighs like 30 pounds because I have a uh, a wood organizer for it, which adds to the weight. Like, the box itself is like 25 pounds, and then a, <laughs> this organizer is so big that it's another like 10 pounds. It's crazy.
1: Anyways, Understood.
0: There was our Final Meeple, topic? Minute. <laughs>
1: Meeple Minute. Meeple Minute.
0: Yeah, meeple Final minutes. topic.
1: September 9th. It's coming pretty fast. Um the cool thing about September 9th is uh I have nothing planned except apparently watching a Disney showcase for the first time ever. Yeah. Announced at D23 Disney has joined the gaming world in uh, a showcase form. Now it's kind of cool as well. Um because they they've kind of seemingly always hung around with Disney Interactive, but now Disney and Marvel are doing their own showcase, and Microsoft and Sony are doing something in the fall as well. Um, I'm just trying to get the the information that we had because I accidentally closed my tab, um, but it is as follows: so on September 9th at 1 p.m. Pacific time, tune into the showcase hosted by Kind of Funnies, uh, Blessing Adoy Jr. Sorry if I got the name wrong. The digital showcase will feature incredible new content from Disney and Pixar games, Marvel games, Lucasfilm uh, games, and 20th century games. In addition to all new announcements, fans can expect new reveals from titles such as Disney Dreamlight Valley, Marvel's Midnight Suns, which was just delayed if you guys have been listening, uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, and a sneak peek into an upcoming Marvel ensemble game by Skydance New Media skydance is also the the company that got a star wars game also coming out so on the surface this looks like a lot of stuff is about to happen mm-hmm. but you don't do a showcase for games that are already announced what is coming what can 20th century games have are we finally getting a simpsons remaster well there run. was that, that, there was that rumor the that,
0: you, that there was that rumor that you uh, heard right
1: yeah
0: and you know, I, I dislike rumors, but this the, the stars could be aligning.
1: That Wolverine game,
0: I you know what I I think it's time for a a like a, a resurgence of the superhero games.
1: Marvel Alliance Four.
0: <laughs> that would be that would be too good, too good to be true. Um, I think i don't know like now there's a there's a a lot to take it disney dreamlight valley that is uh i think they announced that though didn't they
1: yep and there's already some like uh i guess some footage on the internet for it
0: Mm -hmm. um lego star wars the skywalker saga they're probably just gonna do some uh like dlc yeah
1: the rumor is rogue one which Uh, isn't skywalker bound but
0: but it's all within uh... the same um, era, right? Because it's directly related to Darth Vader. I guess it is part of the Skywalker saga. Why not?
1: Well, did you get the DLC with your pre-order of The Mandalorian, or did you pay for that one?
0: I know I got it with the, uh, cause yeah, because I got the deluxe edition.
1: <laughs> with your, your wrong Lego figurine. I know,
0: I got the friggin' Death Star, or Star Destroyer, not the X-Wing, but whatever.
1: Yeah. It Star is what it is. Are still cool, man.
0: They are. Um, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if we had like a, like another like like a Pixar adventure game? Like something like, like some, what though? I don't know. Like something like uh, like can you imagine if they took something like Kingdom Hearts, for example? You know how it goes into like different worlds and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to have like some sort of Pixar game where it's like some story, I don't know, maybe it's uh I don't know, maybe it's like a character that's trying to find where they fit in and then they have to go through different Pixar worlds. And you like go through all the movies and and stuff like that and it could be like some adventure. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Let's have Toy yeah. Story hit and run.
1: Well, isn't what's that one Disneyland Adventure kind of does the same thing? Where you just run around the park. Oh, yeah. But it would be cool to have like a Disney, even a Disney Lego game. It would be kind of neat.
0: Actually, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a, like a Disney specific Lego game.
1: That's a Interesting. good point.
0: I wonder why that is. That would literally make billions of dollars.
1: Oh, without like... If you could recreate the magic D- Disney infinity had, which is as close as you're going to get to a Pixar game, I think like a good one. Yeah. Why, why can't they almost reboot that, but make it better?
0: I think the problem. Yeah. And, and see, they, they could put microtransactions out the wazoo just for like unlocking characters and stuff like that. I think what, with Disney Infinity Disney infinity, that was yeah. right at the toys to life era of games, right? Cause there was Skylanders, there was Lego dimensions, which was cool because you got little Lego kits for all the characters and stuff like that. Um, and Disney infinity. And then there was a, there was something else I feel like maybe it was just Skylanders anyways. So it was like this whole thing where essentially it's microtransactions again, but you had to go out and buy a physical product. Right, so I think the problem with that is that uh, the fad kind of died a little bit, and then the cost to manufacture all these things wasn't like they they weren't recuperating their costs because also what was Amiibo's really a Amiibo's really took off more so than I think Disney was expecting, right? Because people love like the like in comparison to nintendo's franchises and stuff like that disney infinity that stuff was more for like to play the games and i think partially the the marketing initially was more for like younger audiences and stuff like that whereas like the amiibo comparison that's for like collectors right like the fact that they are limited like they come out with different uh different runs of different characters and stuff like that and they are limited releases so it it automatically gave a a scarcity that nintendo is good at making (laughs) Um, And I think that's where the toys to life thing kind of progressed, where it was less of a, less of a microtransaction. You need this to play the game to more of a, this is an addition, like this unlock stuff in the game that you already have. That's complete. Right.
1: Yeah. Amiibos were a cool idea at the time, but I'm glad I got out of them when I did.
0: Yeah. I have like, we have a few, we just have like the animal crossing ones and I have a few, Other like random ones that I collected, but it was never something that I needed to collect them all. Um, I do have all of the Disney Infinity version three figures. um, Thanks to Dollarama, the OG. (laughs) Uh, Did I ever tell you about this?
1: I know you were like collecting them fairly rapidly. Yeah, but I also it, thought you had a bunch of version one ones from like the base game.
0: I did, but then I think I got rid of. Actually, no, I still have them. Yeah, because uh, I I got those for, for really cheap. But uh, I got the version three for Christmas one year, and it came with uh, like two characters in the level and stuff like that. But then, as they discontinued Disney Infinity, a lot of retailers started clearing out these uh, the the characters and stuff like that. Um, but then eventually. Like most things in Canada, they ended up at Dollarama. So I was getting extra like figures from Dollarama for like three bucks each. And I remember finding Boba Fett because Boba Fett was a limited edition. You had to buy the deluxe edition of the base game to get it. Or it was like $30 just for this figure. I got them for three bucks. That's sweet. So I have a full collection of those. I have some where like you put the, like I have a Luke no uh Darth Vader and uh Anakin Skywalker where you put them on the the base and the lightsabers light up. Oh that's cool. Which is pretty cool too, right? So I have that um it's more for like for that stuff. The figures are so well designed, like the quality of those things are actually really good. Um but They
1: look very childish.
0: They do. They kind of have more of a if you if you want to compare them to something if they were to t- take like clone wars and put it into like an action figure style. Kind of. It was kinda like that. But uh, you know what, like those like the Star Wars levels are are a lot of fun in that. It's great, like just a little co op game to play as, as well. But uh yeah, anyways, I would love uh like a I think a Disney a Lego Disney game would be sweet.
1: Yeah, but like Disney Infinity also like kind of like it at least outlasted friggin' Lego dimensions like if they could do something Mm. together so you're saying you have all of version 3 yeah I think so so you have Ahsoka Tano, Alice, Anakin Skywalker with a light effects I have all the
0: version 3 Star Wars ones I know that there's some other version 3 ones like other Disney things I have Dora no I have Dory the blue one right with like I have that kit because Dollarama had that for like 3 bucks and um, I think that's really about it
1: yeah, yeah, so all version version 3 has like blue. It has some Marvel stuff. I remember the Captain America being like really bulky. I think I still have a Rocket Raccoon somewhere. Um and I have my oh yeah, I have I think just Rocket Raccoon and I might have a Sully kicking around. But yeah, he came I from the Sully base game. It.
0: Yeah, I have um I have all of the Star Wars ones, so there's Leia, um there is uh Kane and Jairus. Um, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Darth Maul, Anakin, Ahsoka. There's Sabine, Ezra, Han Solo. Uh, I forget this guy's name. Rex? No, not Rex. Yoda, Obi nobi Kenobi, Luke, Boba Fett. Um, and it's I funny because he didn't say Rey. Yeah, because she's not. She's not one of the characters. There oh she yeah, is? she is. Yeah, you I missed
1: think, a few actually. I think I have that? Oh, did you yeah. say Darth Maul?
0: I have Darth Maul. Um, uh, say... Actually, now that I think about it, do I have... I don't know if I have Ray and Finn. And do you I have Ezra? Have... I do. Bridger? I have all of that stuff. Yeah, I have all those ones.
1: Um, Finn, Han on Solo.
0: Anyway, so... Um... Um, it's funny, because when I was collecting these things, like there was Sabine, there was Ezra, there was Canon Jarrus. I didn't know who these characters were. Because at the time... I had never seen rebels. I'd never yeah. seen rebels, right? So I'm like, I don't know who these characters are. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then now I'm just like, man, sweet. These characters are great. I don't know. I think, uh, I, th- I think the next step in like games with with like unlockable character kind of things would be like what we've seen with uh, Smash Bros. and now multiverses. Where it's just gonna be a game that is pretty much like a grind fest and uh you have to unlock characters in the game and they're just gonna do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I missed the game. I like if I could find it real cheap, the sandbox was amazing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that made the game super primitive for a lot of players, and I remember cause it was something I reviewed, I remember I think it was Infinity 2 I reviewed and I already owned number 1 is a sandbox. You only could unlock other things if you could get the NFC tokens for the worlds, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. The base game came with three main tokens. It was like Sully from Monsters University, um Captain Jack Sparrow and I believe Lightning McQueen or no, Lightning McQueen came yeah, with something all, different. That
0: was all Disney pl- uh, Infinity, like version one,
1: yeah. But who was the, the third one? Oh, it was uh, Mrs. Incredible, yeah,
0: those that's are the right. three
1: you got, or Mr. Incredible, Mr. you got one Mr. of the, Incredible, yeah. So you could play through those games, which was really cool. And you got these like clear NFC tokens. Um, but the base game came with that trophy that you turned around, which was the piston cup with a bunch of other things in it, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the second one, you could just buy these tokens randomly for like six bucks, yeah. and you could just <laughs> get the sandbox
0: i think the coolest part about disney infinity which is unfortunately because they shut the servers down for it was the ability to create your own worlds and share them i remember playing some like crazy uh it's kind of like super mario maker right like people would make their own worlds and release them and anyone can play them so it was pretty cool some some of the stuff that people made was was pretty uh pretty interesting but uh yeah so september 9th to get back on track, September 9th, the Disney, is it like a Disney slash like Luke? I guess it's Marvel. And Disney, Lucasfilm,
1: Lucas Pixar, and, Pixar. Um, yeah, so
0: Disney and their subsidiary um, showcase, which will be super it. cool. I think like I'm really hoping to see some some more Star Wars stuff like there is Star Wars Eclipse that I know it. This is a pipe dream. If Do you remember Star Wars Eclipse, the trailer for that?
1: Yeah. did like that game that, get canceled?
0: No, no. It's by Quantic Dreams. Like they did uh, Detroit, Become Human, um, Heavy Rain, Fahrenheit, or whatever that other game is. Yeah, like, so I would love to see more for that. It's unlikely. Um, but the one game that I want to hear some good news from is the Knights of the Old Republic remake. I know that it's on hold indefinitely but another game that was on hold indefinitely was also the Batman Arkham uh collection or whatever it was if you remember this it went through development hell it was put on hold or is delayed indefinitely and then it came out of nowhere and they released the game right so one can hope one can
1: dream I'm excited for it I truly am and uh I'm a I'm remiss to say it's the end of our show, which kind of sucks. I, I love hanging out with all of you every Friday in your ears, just in your speaking ear holes. some truths or lies. I don't know. The, uh, the time has come for us to wrap another episode and, uh, it's sad, but, uh, I will see always you be guys another home. week. Uh, yeah, I will. I will vocalize next week. And, uh, <laughs> I'm do we have any plans for next week? Content-wise, I don't think. I don't so. think so.
0: I think we're getting close to back to school.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll so. do a, a little back to school thing. Now, I, I can't leave without an announcement—a special announcement. Oh. David is turning fifty-five <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> it's so been you're listening a to this. Years. <laughs> You're listening to this and it is David's birthday. So send David some birthday love, please. So somebody will. Yeah. Just don't be the, just
0: don't be the homeless people making love to each other on the back of my car.
1: Yeah. I'll take
0: no car love.
1: I I might have to like one up my birthday gift from you for last year, which was just your face refaced on a bunch of Star Wars stuff.
0: I laughed so hard during that,
1: (laughs) but for myself and the birthday boy, He's so cool. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the scene on screen podcast. David. Yo. Have you been living in your loungewear for the past few years and you're in need of some new high quality and stylish clothing?
0: I literally feel like I've been living in rags.
1: Now, what if I told you our friends at Diameter Apparel have got you covered? Their unique and sophisticated polos will keep you looking sharp, whether it's for the golf course or attending an evening dinner party.
0: No way. Their Canadian-made, fully sublimated performance jerseys are super comfortable, and they will keep you cool while playing your favourite sport, taking first place with your squad, or even while you're working out.
1: I, for one, love my three-quarter zip. It's lightweight and feels great, even on the disc golf course. But, Sean, where can I find out what they have? You can check out their latest designs by visiting DiameterApparel.com. Again, that's DiameterApparel.com.